Hello, this is Nikdha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 28th of April. India's tally of COVID-19 infections rose to 29,435 today. A total of 934 people have died in the country and 6,800 have recovered. Maharashtra continues to be the worst affected with 522 new COVID-19 infections and 369 deaths. As many as 62 deaths and 1543 cases have been reported in the state in the last 24 hours alone. Health Minister Harshwardhan said no fresh cases have been reported from 80 districts in the last one week. In 47 districts no case has been reported in the last 14 days and 39 districts have not reported a case in the last 21 days. In the last 28 days 17 districts have not reported a single case. He also said India's doubling rate of cases has been 8.7 days over the last 14 day period. With the nationwide lockdown due to end on May the 3rd, states are considering a further extension of restrictions in the coronavirus hotspots as the tally continues to soar. This was a part of a broad consensus that emerged in a meeting between the Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Chief Ministers. During the meeting, Modi said that India's economy needs to be given importance too while fighting the virus, but he cautioned that the danger is far from over. NCP leader Supriya Sole also urged the center and the Maharashtra government to initiate the process of easing the lockdown in a phased manner in areas which are not or less affected by COVID-19 to bring the economy back on track. Industrialist Sajjan Jindal too said measures need to be taken as early as possible to prevent the country's economy from falling into a slumber. He said that the nationwide lockdown has had a positive effect in containing the coronavirus but it is imperative to also move and focus on the economic well-being of the country. The Niti Aayog building has been sealed for 48 hours after an official tested positive for COVID-19 today. The process of sanitization has started and each room and corridor will be disinfected in the next 2 days. The Supreme Court of India has asked the center to make suggestions in the guidelines for the rational use of personal protective equipment or PPEs so that the kits are provided to all healthcare professionals working in non-covid treatment areas of the country. A day after the ICMR asked all states to return the rapid test kits procured from two Chinese companies, China said today that it was deeply concerned over the evaluation result of the kits and added that it is unfair and irresponsible for certain individuals to label Chinese products as faulty. The ICMR on Monday had asked states and union territories to stop using the test kits procured from two Chinese companies due to wide variations in their sensitivity. Around 350 members of the Tablighi Jamaat who had come to Delhi to attend its congregation in Nizamuddin Markaz last month and were subsequently diagnosed with coronavirus have agreed to donate their plasma to treat severely ill patients in the city. So far 25 of them have donated for plasma therapy. Of the over 2300 people evacuated from Nizamuddin, 1080 had tested positive for the infection. Several of them have now recovered and are being discharged from hospitals. As a part of an initiative to undertake rapid random community testing for coronavirus in the state, Tripura got its first mobile COVID-19 testing van, arguably the first of its kind in the northeast region. The vehicle, essentially a three-wheeler heavy-duty auto with a COVID-19 testing kiosk mounted on it, was conceived from the Kerala model of testing where stationary testing kiosks are placed in front of hospitals. 
That reminds me, do read Bishwanath Sinha's piece on how self-governance, ownership at the village level and cooperation among ethnic groups has helped the Northeast region contain the spread of the disease. The report is titled, How Northeast India Has Kept COVID-19 in Check. The West Bengal government on Monday released a list revealing the red, orange, green and containment zones as the case count in the state stands at 649 according to the health ministry. Kolkata and four other districts including Howrah, Purba Mednipur and North 24 Parganas have been declared as red zones and 287 areas have been identified as containment zones. Delhi Health Minister Satyendra Jain said, and I quote, The total number of positive cases in Delhi stands at 3,108 now, of which 190 cases were reported yesterday. 877 patients have been cured, while 11 are on the ventilator. The death toll stands at 54. The doubling rate of COVID-19 in Delhi is 13 days. Unquote. Rajasthan has recorded 66 new cases. This takes the total cases in the state to 2,328. The state has reported 51 deaths so far. Punjab Chief Minister Captain Amrinder Singh said that the former Prime Minister Manmohan Singh has accepted his request for guiding a group of experts formed to come out with a post-COVID-19 revival strategy for the state. Karnataka has reported 8 new COVID-19 cases. This takes the total number of cases in the state to 520. Kerala Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan has said that his administration will prefer a partial lockdown to continue till May 15th. He said, and I quote, The state is of the opinion that in districts where no cases are reported in the previous week of May 15th, relaxations on public movement and public transport can be partially allowed by adhering to all safety precautions. Unquote. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court has asked the government to respond in one week on whether the matter of interstate transport of migrant labours was being examined. The Apex Court said this while hearing a plea by advocate Prashant Bhushan where he asked the court to allow interstate movement of the migrants, remarking that the state government seemed to have closed its eyes on the matter. For those of you who can read Hindi, do read Basant's heartbreaking report for News Laundry Hindi titled Un logon ki kahani jo ghar ke liye pedal nikle lekin pahunch nahi paaye, which roughly translates to the story of those who left for home but never reached. Basant chronicles the hardships of the migrant workers who left for their home states on foot but died on the way. And while you're at it, do check out our website newslaundry.com. We have been consistently bringing you reports about coronavirus. I think now is a good time to remind you, dear listeners, that we are able to bring you these reports that show you the complete picture because News Laundry is a completely ad-free news platform. And that in turn is because we believe that in this age of information and misinformation, news needs to be independent, sans any agenda. No advertisers or sponsors in the middle. And it can only happen if there is a direct relationship between us and you. So go to the website and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. The lowest plan starts at 300 a month only. Moving on to some international updates on the virus. Infections worldwide stand at 3,041,550 according to the Johns Hopkins University tracker. More than 211,000 people have died. The US still has the most number of deaths followed by Spain, France and then the UK. 
Donald Trump has said that the US will conduct serious investigations into China's handling of the coronavirus outbreak and could pursue the country for billions in damage because China could have stopped the virus. Trump returned to his daily White House briefing after an absence of two days following his ridiculous suggestion of injecting disinfectant to treat COVID patients. Trump also said that he does not take any responsibility for reports that people may have ingested disinfectant after his comments last week. Meanwhile, detected infections of the coronavirus in the United States approached 1 million with more than 50,000 deaths as at least a dozen U.S. states forged ahead with a variety of strategies to ease restrictions, the CDC has expanded the list of symptoms associated with the virus to include repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, and a loss of taste or smell. Turkey has dispatched a plane load of personal protective equipment to support the United States as it grapples with the coronavirus outbreak. A Turkish military cargo carrying medical equipment took off from an airbase near Ankara today. A top official said that Turkey is donating 500,000 surgical masks, 4,000 overalls, 2,000 litres of disinfectant, 1,500 goggles, 495 masks and 500 face shields. Turkey has sent similar medical equipment aid to a total of 55 countries including Britain, Italy and Spain in an apparent attempt to improve its global standing by positioning itself as a provider of humanitarian aid in times of crisis. Argentina has banned all commercial flights until September 1st, extending the current air travel prohibition put in place to stem the spread of the coronavirus. The measure, which forbids all sale of tickets for flights to and from within Argentina, is one of the longest bans on air travel amid the pandemic. Argentina has 4,033 confirmed cases and 197 deaths attributed to COVID-19. Spain's coronavirus death toll has risen to 23,822, but the downward trend continues with 301 deaths recorded in the past 24 hours. A total of 210,000 cases have been reported since the pandemic began. The Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez will today outline Spain's lockdown exit plan, which has been flagged as being gradual and asymmetrical. The Health Minister has suggested that easing the lockdown restrictions should be staggered, with different groups of people such as families with children and elderly being allowed out in shifts at different times of the day. Surveys that track millions of mobile phones show that the overwhelming majority of Spaniards have adhered to the lockdown, with up to 95% not straying from their neighbourhood. It found that 30 million people had not gone further than 500 metres from their homes. New Zealand has ended its strictest lockdown phase and entered level 3, with 400,000 Kiwis returning to work as restaurants and cafes reopened for takeaway and fishing, surfing and swimming being now permitted. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said that there is not one point in time when the fight against COVID-19 will be over and the recovery room for alert level 3 did not mean that New Zealand was out of the woods. The government has announced 35 new employment centres across the country to connect employers with job seekers under level 3. But Ardern said at her post-cabinet press conference today that continuing to stamp out COVID-19 was also the best economic response. She said, and I quote, we will have to keep stamping COVID out until there is a vaccine, unquote. In Afghanistan, the president has issued a decree to release thousands of prisoners in a bid to contain the spread of coronavirus in prisons. 
The country's total number of confirmed cases has reached 1,828 amid a continued surge of transmission in Herat, Kabul and Kandahar. Following a decree issued by President Ashraf Ghani on Monday, 12,399 prisoners convicted for different crimes will be pardoned based on certain parameters. This is in addition to the 10,000 already in the process of being released. Authorities in Bangladesh have given the green light to resume operations at garment factories which make up a large part of the national economy. But some workers fear that they might get coronavirus by returning to cramped factory floors. Around 1,800 of the 7,620 garment and textile factories have reopened in recent days after a strict lockdown that shut most of the economy in an already poor country. The country recorded its first infections on March 8 and has reported 6,000 infections and 150 deaths. Singapore's health ministry has said that it will not be able to test all migrant workers in dormitories and has been isolating some symptomatic patients first, a method that the government health advisor said was causing a lag in the reporting of the cases. The island nation of 5.7 million people has nearly 15,000 confirmed coronavirus infections, one of the highest totals in Asia, largely because of the outbreaks in cramped dormitories housing more than 300,000 mostly South Asian workers. Scores of students in China's biggest cities returned to school on Monday after months of closures, cautiously coming back to campus where grueling exams and social distancing measures awaited. Schools in Beijing welcomed back high school seniors in preparation for the Gaokao, the infamously difficult university entrance examinations that have been postponed by a month to July. Mainland China, where the new coronavirus first emerged, reported a total of 82,830 cases on Monday. Russia, meanwhile, overtook China in the number of confirmed coronavirus cases when its infection tally climbed to over 87,000 as pressure rose on the government to consider easing lockdown restrictions for businesses to help shore up the rattled economy. The number of deaths in the country is 867. The Kremlin said that President Vladimir Putin will be giving a speech about coronavirus situation in the country later today. Now for some non-coronavirus news. Zubair Ahmed, a journalist in the Andaman and Nicobar Islands, has been summoned by the police over a social media post. The tweet in question reads, and I quote, Can someone explain why families are placed under home quarantine for speaking over phone with COVID patients? Unquote. The journalist was referring to an April 26 report in the Andaman Chronicle. According to the News Minute, four members of a family in Haddo were forced to remain in home quarantine after one of them telephoned a relative who had tested positive for coronavirus. Dennis Giles, the editor of the Andaman Chronicle, told the News Minute that four people from Bamboo Flat Police Station reached Zubair's home and told him that he had been summoned to the Aberdeen Police Station as the superintendent of police there wanted to question him about his tweet. Giles added, and I quote, Zubair called me and told me that he had been picked up by the police. A special ferry was arranged to take him to the police station. I, however, felt suspicious and asked him to clarify why he was being taken. I heard him speak to someone and after that I was not able to get in touch with him. All calls were getting forwarded. An hour later we found he had been arrested. Unquote. Speaking to The Wire, the Union Territory's Director General of Police, Dipendra Pathak, said that legal action was taken against Ahmed as he was found spreading fake news about the administration's effort to contain COVID-19 in the islands. This, he said, could have fomented communal tensions in the islands. 
According to the latest update from the Andaman Chronicle, journalist Zubair Ahmed was produced in front of the district's and sessions court, after which he was granted bail. As you can see from the growing reports of harassment of journalists, be it in Andaman or Jammu and Kashmir, media is facing an increasing amount of pressure, not just due to the multiple layoffs and salary cuts, but also because of governmental pressure. Now is the time to support independent media organizations like News Laundry that bring you the truth of the matter. As for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com, we have a ton of new interviews on our website, including Nidhi Razdan, Siddharth Varadrajan, and Derek O'Brien. Do check them out. And by the way, you'll have to subscribe to watch the complete interviews. So go on and subscribe, you guys. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.